And they had this misunderstanding because they were trying to put a need, an express need in legal terms. And it wasn't a legal issue. It wasn't a legal need. It was, I don't want to fight with my sister. Wow. I don't want to, I don't want to recreate this trauma again when mom dies. Those are two very different things. And they wasted two years, a lot of money on lawyer fees, having the wrong conversation. Welcome to the Wholehearted Podcast, where we focus on innovation, healing, and wellness to create more wholehearted living. And today, we're focusing on our series about trauma and the legal system. And the attuned team, that's going to be Heather, myself, and Nicole, are sitting down with Kristen Bolt. Uh, She's a lawyer and a consultant, and she's going to be speaking about her experience of the Attune training and how it's changed the way that she works with her clients and also her unique perspective in working with people and systems in a spherical model. It's a really interesting episode. I think you're going to enjoy it. And thank you for listening. So hi, everyone. I want to welcome Kristen to our uh, podcast or interview and I met Kristen I believe when we I think we were doing a conscious contract course together um, and Kristen's one of these people where I don't actually know where we met how we met but I just know that we've known each other for forever it feels like there was just this soul connection when we met so we are very much part of the integrative um, lawyer community the conscious contract community um, and Kristen is a lawyer, a mediator, but a person of service. She, if you ask a question or can I, should I, Kristen gives of her whole self. Um, and it it doesn't matter what is going on in her life. She is there 100. When she says I'm there, she's there 100%. And I think that is one of the things that I so value about you, Kristen, is that you are, when people say, I want to be of service, you 1000% um, eschew that as who you are as a human being. Um, And so when we were doing this trauma training and I said to Kristen, hey, I don't even think I may have finished my sentence. Kristen was, how can I support you? How can I help you? And I'm there. Uh, And then beyond the training was, how can I support you? How can I help you? I'm there. And that's how we got to spend this time with Kristen today. So thank you, Kristen on behalf of myself and um, everyone who did the training um, as well as, well, I don't have to speak for David and Heather, but uh, we are very grateful for you to being so open to to wanting to help and uh, be part of, of this community. So thank you. Happy to be here. Great. Yeah, thank you, Kristen. And thanks, Nicole. And hello, Heather. Hello. (laughs) Um, So, Kristen, I'm really curious to hear about your experience in the training and what people would get out of the training. But before I get into that, I'm just I'm wondering if you could share how did you get into the work that you do and why? Um, So. uh, Why is is very much that servant leadership that Nicole talked about that. The definition that I like is that we succeed by helping other people be successful. And so I've always been curious about my undergrad was in communication, but where I went to school, it was 
and interdisciplinary. So with psychology and sociology and linguistics and this really, how do we communicate and how do we work together and how do we interact? And I have the strong belief that we are in, the, in kind of original grace. We all have this gift inside of us. We're all here. How do we help to bring that out and help to support and rise up the good instead of our, our current systems are kind of designed to control the, the bad instead of, you know, it, they, it, and I think it comes out of that original sin and all of that, that kind of way up, but for our rules, everybody's going to, to hell in a handbasket. And it's like, that's not it. There's people, when you give them the opportunity and kind of release some of those, those bonds, you see tremendous things that people really want to have this higher self. And so that's the work. Um, being a lawyer was not a great fit for that. You have to pick sides. I don't like to do that, but I love mediation because I get to work at the whole of how do I help you clear up some of these communications? You know, you've often people want to get to the same place, but the paths they've taken have kind of knocked heads. And so they just need a new path to get there. And so that's the, from mediation and now doing more consulting and training work, because I want to get to people before they're in that conflict. If I can teach these skills ahead of time and help them design better systems, then we don't reach that point of conflict. Or we know that conflict is going to come up, but we want to know how to work through it <laughs> so we can move on and, and do the good we're all here to do in the world. Mm, wow. It sounds like you really believe in people. Very much. Um, and that's that made law a knowledge fix too, because the system's not designed that. And there are people that are. They're this um, integrative law community that Nicole and I met through. There are a ton of people out there trying to make a different way and to change things and bring more hope into it and bring more restorative justice and restoration and, and um, healing back into the system but you don't hear about it because it's not, we hear about the bad and the drama. We don't hear about the good works going on in the world. So there's this beautiful global network out there working at the grassroots level. And, um, and so it's really lovely and hopeful that to see that and be a part of that, it's like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good in the world. It's just going to, it's going to bubble up from the bottom rather than top down. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing to kind of hear about this underground community and the legal system that's growing there. And I'm mm -hmm. curious, having that kind of a background and then hearing about uh, our training, called, it's called Attuned, uh, Becoming Trauma-Informed and Trauma-Responsive in Professional Settings, when, where, first of all, what drew you to it? And where are some of the connections and ties you see, see between that training and the commitments you already have to the legal community and to the legal system? So it... It's hard to describe what drew me to it other than kind of a gut level. Um, in reading the description, I went, oh, I, I need to know more about this. And, um, but it's, it's it kind of come from that place that doesn't have words. <laughs> but, I, but what it shows is one of the things that, that really struck me was this idea of, um, uh, of attachment and then authenticity. And we hear about attachment and we hear about kids in orphanages and they have attachment disorder. We hear about that, that tied to that physical needs. But the authenticity is that our humans. And when that is ignored, when that's neglected and the wounds that that causes, those are the ones that we carry through because those aren't acknowledged. And when I look at, when I look at 
in um, in my mediation cases, whether it, I work with a lot of families, sometimes divorce, but also I created uh, the elder care program, elder mediation program. So you have, instead of parents fighting over kids, you have kids fighting over parents. Mm. So we've got dementia, we've got guardianships, conservatorships, and watching those kids, they're bringing up things that happened when they were 12. You know, she can't be the conservator because she stole my bike when we were teenagers. Okay, but she's 60 and president of a bank. So I think we've, we've moved on, but that wound right. was never healed. So you yeah. really see, <laughs> dealing with those families, you see the woundings that happened. That's us, just a little step. It's the little thing, but it never got addressed. And it festers. It doesn't just go away. And so much of what we see by the time they get to an attorney or a mediator, you're dealing with a lot of these, this undercurrent that we don't realize. And we try to put it all in, in legal terms. And those are often the wrong terms. And so when you have that larger understanding that I got out of the in other trainings, but what drew me to, to yours is you, it just opens up a larger view of the clients we're looking at. And it asks, you want to ask different questions. Because now I want to know, okay, wait a minute, let's let's find out where this was coming from. Because if I don't fix where it's, if we don't address where it's coming from, you're just going to repeat it. You'll find another way to, you'll, you'll be in a new conflict because you haven't really dealt with the underlying trauma. Um, another one, it was, I, we had a family that dad had died. It had been a rough last illness, personality change with dementia. And so um, mom and daughters had not talked for two years. And they've been talking through lawyers and what the lawyers were hearing and telling each other was wrong. And so when I got in there, I said, well, tell me, tell me about this. One daughter had said, I we want to talk about um, mom's estate plan during this when we all come together, which all the lawyers took as she wants to direct it. And she said, no, I don't care. She can give it to the cows. I, don't, I just don't want to have this fight again. I said, okay, well, that's very different. Mm -hmm. And so then I brought them together by the end of the and, her, and the mom said, "Oh, honey, you're told your father's really screwed this up. I'm not going to do that to you, girls." By the end of the day, the family's back together planning picnics, sending <laughs> me with questions to the lawyers, and they had this misunderstanding because they were trying to put a need, an express need, in legal terms, and it wasn't a legal issue. It wasn't a legal need. It was, I don't want to fight with my sister. Wow. I don't want to. I don't want to recreate this trauma again when mom dies. Those are two very different things. And they wasted two years, a lot of money on lawyer fees, having the wrong conversation. Wow. So it, it sounds like you really getting, you really got some new language to identify something you've already been seeing and having a sense that it's operating in the background and yeah. that's the language of trauma and attachment and authenticity. Yes, it, it is. It was lovely that it gave me a language and the terminology that instinctively I knew, you know, I always knew to dig deeper, but having this language to be able to explain, this is what you're dealing with. This is what I'm seeing. And when you, when I can give language to them, they can go, oh, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Oh, okay. Let's have a different, and it can, it can get us, get you unstuck. Mm. And at least it still may be, you still have some tough conversations to have, but you're having the right conversations. You're not projecting onto a conversation that doesn't really fit. Yeah, that's so interesting because what I'm hearing on this end, I don't know much about the legal profession per se, but 
it seems there's this a desire in you to humanize the experience. And I think when people get into legal conflicts, it has to fit within the legalese box. And you're saying, oh, maybe we can make this box bigger. And, you know, that's fascinating to me because I think when things end up in court, it becomes so positional and you're trying to prevent that from happening. It's beautiful work yes, you're doing. Rehumanizing is a very good way to put that because the, mm-hmm. the the trial system, the traditional system can be very dehumanizing and it kind of strips away, but for what's directly relevant to a legal issue. And it's not, and it's not intentionally set. It's not set up to be dehumanizing. It's set up to be objective. So we want to have something that's objective and predictable so we can provide that stability to a society. But we've overcorrected. <laughs> so it's just it's just gone too far. And so it's not, those are bad goals. But when it gets, when you get so far um, stuck in that, it has to be objective. It can't, we just, we, we don't want to hear about the people stuff. That's emotions aren't, aren't objective. That we can't quantify them. We just need to hear about the facts then you you end up being dehumanizing and it's not the intent they're very well-meaning people <laughs> they're right. trying not to but they're kind of pampered by the system and it and it does it, we just we need to swing back a little bit and there are places where there are um and I, not so much in the u.s but in other countries where they're trying to um, bring in a more humanized bring some humanity back into the system mm. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some ways that you felt like the training would supported you in that effort and would support others in that effort? Um, so, well, for me, so my, my focus is, is more on consulting and teaching now, but, um, and what I work with are kind of designing more spherical systems, systems that are holistic, that look at the whole person and how all of us are so interconnected. Um, and so from, we talk about rounding the sphere. So rather than I need to hit this bullseye, you want to hit it around sphere. You want everything to be healthy and working to get working well, working at its highest capacity. And so for me, that understanding, learning about this, um, the digestive spaces, the this creating space to process trauma when it happens and the importance of relationship in creating resilience. That was another one that that when there's trauma, but you have strong relationships, you're able to process and build resilience. Um, and that works really well with the sphere. And I have a I have I have an image in my head of what I want to of, of kind of a, a visual I want to build. I don't know how to, but but that helps illustrate how having those relationships, having that community having the health of that community around you that when things happen, we can still support each other. So we don't just collapse. Um, as far as for others, and especially those that are still working more in the trenches of the legal community, you will see your clients so much differently and you'll see the other, the other people involved. I'm going to say the other side, the other people involved so much differently and bringing that humanity back in, because if we're working in, in, and I work with families, whether it's whether it's divorce and technical family law or elder law, which is still families. We need to help the whole family be healthier because otherwise you're just going to traumatize a new generation. 
Mm. If we send it, if it's all about the, the fight and the battle and the winning, there's no, I have a friend that says there's no long range missiles in family law. It all hits the kids. And now you're traumatizing a new generation. Instead of, excuse me, providing the tools that they can start to heal, start to process some of this so that they can move on um, beyond it and create a, a healthier environment for their kids so that we're growing these families. And, and on the other end of life, that's someone's last chapter. And do we want when, when the patriarch or matriarch goes, the family falls apart? Or is that carried forward for new generations and that history is carried forward? There's so much we can do to help heal and preserve. There's a quote that I found, um, and I don't remember who said it now, but it said the, the first three professions were the, were the uh, physician to heal the body, the clergy to heal the soul, and the lawyer to heal the community. That yeah. was our first role. Yeah. And summer we have gone far afield. That <laughs> role, always. I mean, I, I, uh, I had an internship in a small town, smaller town in Iowa. And small town, because you're going to see everybody at the ball game, at the church, and the grocery store. It, it was a different, it was very much still healing the community. That That's the role there when you have these smaller communities. When you get into the bigger cities and the corporate end of it, it, it tends to get a few, far afield from that. Yeah. Lawyer as community healer is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love how you touched on two parts of the training. One of them was the, the digestion hubs, as we would call them, that we've set up in organizations where they can begin to actually digest the organizational impact of trauma that people are carrying. And also about relational attunements to integrate trauma in the workplace or in the professional setting. Because it trauma, one of the factors of trauma is that it always happens in isolation or the experience of isolation, um, like the absence of relationship or someone being attuned to you. So we say that I get traumatized in a relationship or in somehow misattuned relating, and I also heal um, with attuned relationship. Well, and for people that are in these big firms, that just the practice of law, because you are taking on, I think therapists can do this too, because you are, you can internalize other people's trauma. And as, as a mediator, I was trained not to, I can listen without internalizing. But for a lot of people, it's hard not to do that. And so you have trauma with, in the firms just because you are helping someone else's if it's an accident victim if it's a uh, uh product liability some you know some of you're taking in all of this trauma and this harsh information what can the firm do to be a more trauma tuned space so that you stay healthy our profession has a huge problem with alcohol with depression with because it's so hard on people um and so understanding these trauma-tuned spaces for our clients, but also for our own practices, for our own firms, we will show up differently. I mean, it's it's all connected. So if our firm is healthier, we're going to help help our clients become healthier. Um, so it just all connects to each other. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Yeah, Heather. Yeah. Now, I love what you shared because as you were speaking, it occurred to me that you know, in uh, practices with therapists, you know, therapists, they always, you know, have somewhere to report in, you know, in order to let go of that experience. And it suddenly occurred to me as you were speaking, gosh, what do lawyers do? There's no similar function within a legal firm. So it, 
you're, tr- you know, it's true. You're just like, you have to carry it yourself. And sometimes you carry it home and that's not the best outcome. So thank you for highlighting that for me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I think a big part of the training, we, we call that vicarious trauma in the work that we're dealing with. Yes. And in any kind of helping profession, like a, I love community healer or healer of the community, you're actually right up in front of that kind of pain or trauma. And it just generally isn't thought of as a therapeutic space. So actually you're dealing with a more raw form of trauma mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And it affects you strongly as it stays in your body, stays in your mind, and it goes into the other areas of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's one thing that I like about the Attunes training is that it's not about a soft skill. It's about precision. Mm-hmm. That we're about turning up the resolution on the situations that in our workplaces so that we can see things more clearly. That trauma is not about being nice, although it is a, a kindness, but it's much more about precision that I can be more precisely attuned and related. And I see the situation with a higher resolution. Yes, and and you have, and that's going to give you a um, a deeper resolution. That's it's such a misnomer to call them soft skills. This is really quite challenging <laughs> to understand how to hold that space and how to be present there with without it impacting you, and to be present for each other. Um, but if you don't, I tell people you can deal with these things directly, or you will deal with them passive aggressively. And there's so much, so much, so much of the hostility and the passive aggressiveness and not so passive aggressiveness that we see in the world right now is I think because there's there's the the unhealed wounds. And I Nicole and I were talking in that using that phrase of wounding. Um because it's the little cuts that don't seem like much, except if you have five of them on your hand, your hand's not gonna work right. Yeah. And we let these little things just build up and go, well, just tough it out you know, pull up those bootstraps, power through, and it, it doesn't work. You've got to, you've got to address it to move through it. And so having that, knowing how to do that in a professional setting will make your whole professional setting work better. I mean, from a, from a business standpoint, you're going to have a much more productive workspace if you have healthy people in it. And if you can create that environment where health is the norm, talking about these things is the norm, understanding we have someone there that helps us process your whole dynamic of the organization is going to be so drastically different. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I know you heard Nicole's voice in the beginning, but I wanted to just check in with you, Nicole, uh, how you're doing so far. Thank you. Uh, Kristen, I'd like to uh, share what um, we'll hear your opinion on, on one of the aspects of the training that I've found incredibly helpful and yet difficult at the same time. Um, it was easier in the digestive digestion hubs, but that's the concept of silence. Um, and I think uh, one of the, the things, I believe it was David said during the training is your clients, you, you talk about authenticity and transparency and clients can feel that. So very often you can come to a lawyer and the lawyer is going, using all the words and talking and taking up so much space but they're not really listening. Um, and one of the things that I found in the digestion hubs in particular was how important silence was. And you don't need words to connect with somebody if you're just there 
to create that space for them and how powerful that silence was. And so for me, that was very powerful. And I know in my experience as, as a lawyer, and I want to say a lawyer that thought I knew what I was doing, but really, as I got more involved, I didn't know what I was doing, was when there was uncomfortable silence, that was when I jumped in to fill the silence, but it was my silence. It was my discomfort, not actually connecting with my client and what they needed in the moment. So I felt better about showing everyone how clever I was and reading the room. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how does that resonate with you? Or can you think of, for me, that was just a very powerful experience of the training. Yes. And I would agree. And I've had those moments as well as a lawyer, you were supposed to know everything. That's our value is having all the answers. And when clients would come in and mediation clients, when I have those one-on-ones, just tell me your story. I'm not, there are some facts we need, but we'll get to those later. I just want to hear the story and I'll just sit and listen. And sometimes I have to bite my tongue, but you can kind of read and say, okay, something else is coming. Um, or in mediation to have them, it's easier to do what's challenging is in say a collaborative meeting where there are other professionals in the room that I know will break that silence. <laughs> and that's harder because I don't want them to, I know where they're gonna take it. I don't want it to go there. But if you let that silence sit, um, new things can come out. It, it It's so interesting to watch people sort of calm it to be okay. Um, we can bring that, we can model that. If I'm calm and okay, as you're kind of getting tense, okay, well, maybe this is okay. Maybe this is just stuff we've got to get out. But it it's so important to hold that silence as a modeling that it's okay. Whatever's happening in that space, I'm not freaking out. <laughs> and I don't, no one needs to control anything. Let's just hold it here. And if it gets, you know, it gets too much, then you can step in and redirect, but it can be really powerful to be okay. We're such, our world is so buzzing all the time and just the sensory overload all the time to just be able to sit in a calm. I've had a lot, I've had a lot of experience sitting in the calm, um, the last few weeks. Um, but it, it changes your mind. It just changes how you see things so that the silence is really powerful and knowing as professionals, lawyers do this, and I've had some surgeons do this in the last couple of weeks, of just very know-it-all snarky. And it's it's really insulting to be on the receiving end. I thought, oh, that's, lawyers do that too. It's We don't realize we're doing it. We're trying to show our value, but it's really kind of insulting. It's better to just sit with, it feels so much better as the recipient to be sat with and to, to know that's okay and just just be in that space. Um, that's actually much more soothing than the answers we so feel so compelled to give. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Kristen. And thanks for bringing that up, Nicole. In the Attune training, that's a segment on, we'd call it modulating your nervous system to the nervous system of your client mm -hmm. or whoever you're with. And that's all, that's all a silent activity. But even when there are no words, our nervous systems are still having a party. They're still having a communication. And being able to modulate your nervous system is a skill that the other person's nervous system feels. In fact, as human beings, the most important communications we ever received in our lives were communicated in silence during our developmental years. Is the world a safe place? Am I safe? Am I okay? Do I matter? We all got those messages before we even had language. 
And we're still getting those messages all the time with our nervous system. So I think that's an amazing skill to point out. Like it looks like silence, but actually I'm learning how to, we would call it modulate my nervous system to meet you. And that actually helps to mm-hmm. regulate the entire situation. I got to say, um, Kristen, I love hearing your stories uh, because during the Attune seminar, uh, you know, we're sharing a lot of skills and practices, ideas and knowledge. But then when you translate it into activity in your law practice, it's beautiful to see that, you know, because you see, oh, that landed there. That's useful. That's helpful. Mm-hmm. Like, and to see the development that you're making within the legal profession is really encouraging, you know, because the whole world is under transformation right now, as it were. And it's inspiring to have examples of how that impacts the legal profession, which is an ancient mm-hmm. profession, as you said. So, you mm-hmm. know, thank you for your insights on that. Yes. Cool. Yeah, I I have been telling everybody about this training. <laughs> it did. It just sparked so much reflection and ideas and god i went to this really cool thing and this is what they said i just so many things <laughs> um so um, i i hope people come and join this because it really and and reflecting on my own life and my own family I'm like oh things oh this makes sense now <laughs> i found some answers and we understand ourselves we can we're better prepared to help others and so it's all that you know we worry so much about that facade and and that image and the the simple authenticity means so much more Mm -hmm. um, and it's so much more helpful. Yeah. I think one way that it shows up too is um, I don't know. I just really enjoy the seminar to see people from the legal profession come together because like in many professions, there aren't so many spaces to say, Oh, I experienced this. or this is a challenge. And then to hear the lawyers in, you know, the, you know, in the seminar talking to each other and, problem solving together, I think that's the big part of it, because in part of the training, we look at how these um, things are expressed in professional settings. And what are the policies and practices that we can put in place to kind of guard against that or to protect against that and create better solutions. So it was fun to see the way people interacted with each other. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious, Kristen, um, what would you say to the legal professional who's on the fence about this training? Like, what are some of the concerns that you think would come up? And what would you say, what would they, what would you want to say to anyone who's kind of thinking about this kind of training, doing this kind of work, maybe concerned about what if, like, are they going to be looking like they're too soft or getting into the more touchy-feely things? What would, what would you say to that person um, who's kind of considering? I'd, I would say if you are at all tempted or curious, follow that curiosity. Um because you're going to, you will learn so much about yourself and you will come out seeing the world differently. You'll see your colleagues differently, your clients differently. It just, it puts a different spin and and I think a hopeful spin and maybe that's just me, but because when we understand people better and we understand our, our messy complexity and, but the hope in us that these aren't, Oh, these are wounds that we can heal. This isn't just, oh, they're just wired weird. Well, no, that that all happened over time. And we're constantly growing and changing. And we can modulate to each other. We can bring that calm into the room, which I think is the classic mediation book. You can have that impact on each other. 
And it gives you a much more um, hopeful view of people because you understand them better. It's a more thorough view. And um, you can't you can't just put people in that good and bad camp that we kind of tend to do when we're forced to take sides. And you see that, no, we're all we're all lovely, beautiful, messy humans. <laughs> and, and it gives you some tools and the language to talk about that and to talk differently. One of the things I love about collaborative practice is we're, we're at the table together and we get to know the other clients. And I've had someone who was the other attorney's client call me, hey, I have a thing with my parents and my wife or my ex-wife said to call you. And, you know, they you build that you build a more humane level of, of trust. And it's such a different experience for everybody involved that you that calmness. And it restores that brings that humanity back. And we can do that. It's it's there to be done if we just have the tools. And this is going to give you a lot of tools for that. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm kind of curious about the frontiers in your life and in your practice. Kind of like what's the most exciting thing for you that you're learning about or kind of like the coolest thing ever for you right now? That the coolest thing ever for me is this picture behind me. So um, I've been working with a couple of guys on spherical thinking and modeling. And in in very simple terms, each one of us is a sphere. So all of these, um, the the sphere with the kind of nodes behind me is our, our work, our family, our health, our finances, our, all of these things. And when you look at all of that together and kind of assess how things are doing, you know, if something's not going well, there may be a dent in the sphere and the sphere is not going to be as, as healthy that way. But we need to look at, so then we look at what can we do to, to round that part of the sphere out again. So the goal is always to be as, as round as you can be. A sphere in nature is the strongest shape. There are no weak points. There are no corners. It can expand. It can contract. It can change size without losing its integrity. So we want as humans to be as spherical as possible. But then my sphere is part of my family sphere with my parents and my siblings and my girls and part of my work sphere. So all of those things are interconnected. And that's what I really loved about this training is it feeds so well, it ties so well into um, explaining some of those dents that we get. So whether we are looking at the family sphere or looking at an organization, you can use this model to build systems um, so that you're really, uh, it gets you out of the silos of these kind of false competitions we build within organizations and companies to look at the whole thing. Because if you're if you're denting one side to help the other, your sphere is still dented. <laughs> so we have to help, we have to kind of serve everybody. And then the whole thing is stronger. And with the attune training, being able to put language to so many of those dents that we get that we don't think about, that's beyond the spreadsheet, beyond the sales quota, whatever it is, to really getting into the humans, because if our humans are healthier, whole organizations be healthier because they will intuitively create healthier systems. Like the, the spheres they're in will be rounder. Um, so it provides this a new model to really help people see themselves differently, see the world differently, um, and create healthier systems so that we can start spreading this, this positive energy and this, this human potential we all have to really create something cool.
Oh, I love that. I love the language of rounding the sphere um, in your individual life or this area of your life and also how you're connected. You're always part of broader and bigger spheres like your family or your organization and that if you put a dent on one side to fix another side, your sphere is still dented. And it's like, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, Heather or uh, Nicole, if there's anything else you wanted to add or bring in. No, just a, a big... Thank you, Kristen, for sharing about your work. And also to Nicole at Lotus Law for, you know, sponsoring this training attuned and, you know, for all the work you're doing to promote humanness in the legal profession. It was, it's such a delightful conversation. So thank you both. Yeah, thank you so much. And hey, Kristen, like a final question. I'm curious if there was one kind of message that you could leave people um, in the legal profession, and you guys are a part of this kind of broader movement as you see changing in the legal community. What's something you want to leave them with, whether that was a piece of advice or just a comforting message or like kind of your fortune cookie uh, for the podcast? Oh, goodness. Um, have hope. There, There is a tremendous amount of positive, good energy and people trying to make the world better, and we don't always see it. So have hope and if you if you have that spark of hope in you reach out because there are others out there too no no i think that's a beautiful place to close <laughs> yeah and i think i'll just hand it back to nicole if there's anything you want to close this out with um no i i'm just so grateful to just watching all of you and, and hearing the wisdom from each of you um makes me feel very grounded rounded grateful um and just to be a part of this training with these two special human beings who make this training and every interaction i have with them is just so respectful and and kristen to you um for who you are um it's just i feel very i feel very blessed right now to just be in this space with all of you so thank you to find out more about the amazing work that Kristen is doing, you can check out her website at harmonyconsultingdsm.com and to learn more about her spherical model. It's very interesting. And if you'd like to check out and learn more about the attuned training, you can find that out at beingwholehearted.com events or at lotuslaw.com. That's lotus-law.com. And thank you for joining us on our series attuned, learning about trauma and the legal system. And we'll see you next time. Have a wholehearted day.
Thanks again for listening. If you're interested in learning more about Nicole, you can check out her website at lotuslaw.com. And if you're interested in our collaboration, you can check out the Attuned Training. That's Attuned Becoming Trauma-Informed and Trauma-Responsive in Professional Settings. And it's really learning how to bring the practice and skill of attunement at an organizational level, at an interpersonal level, and in professional settings. You can find out more about that at beingwholehearted.com. Thank you very much, and we wish you a wholehearted day.